Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Rudy, here to bring you guys another podcast. This is the Rudy Rambles Podcast, and if you guys are your first time here and listening to me, I try to talk about things that I find interesting that I find on the internet or just simply things that I want to ramble about or talk about. So first thing that I want to visit about today, guys, is selling a bike um, or selling bikes, maybe even purchasing bikes. I don't know. But here, here's the thing. So I, I buy and sell and trade a lot of different bikes because, um, for, first of all, that's what I like to do. That's what I really like to do the most is um, ride a lot of different bikes and put these bikes in a lot of different situations, um, do reviews on them for my YouTube channel. Like um, that's what I, I really like would like to do the most. Like I think if I could single out my YouTube channel, it would be just to um, provide information on um, different bikes that I ride or that I ride and giving like my personal view, um, on those bikes. Like I really enjoy doing that. Um, so in order to do that, right, you have to have like, um, you have to ride a lot of bikes and for anybody to, uh, you know, respect your, your thoughts or your theories or how you feel about, um, that bike rides or, you know, how you think it rides, um, you need to do it often and a lot, you know, so, um, for me, that's, that's exactly what I try to do. I try to like ride a bunch of different bikes. I'm lucky enough that I have good friends that have nice bikes that kind of, um, allow me to ride them. And I'm working on, uh, reviewing an, another bike that doesn't even belong to me. Um, I have a good friend that just trusts me and I have a, a couple of friends like that. And, and, and I've actually had people offer to, um, say, Hey, you know, anytime you want, bro, just let me know. You can borrow my bike, you know, if you want to do a review on it. So I think that's really cool that I've, I've built that trust and character um, with my friends that they would allow me to just take their bike so that I can do a review on it. Um, so with that comes buying and selling and trading bikes and bike parts and stuff like that, which I, I really enjoy doing that as well, um, too, because... I actually, you know what? I don't exactly know why I like doing it. I I think maybe I like doing it because it gives me the opportunity to have all these experiences with different bikes at a lower cost, right? Because I can't keep I can't keep all these bikes. Um, I would love I would love to, but uh, to have that kind of room to keep all these bikes would be tough, and to be able to afford to keep all these bikes would be tough. So that's where, that's where lies the issue of, you know, having to buy, sell and trade all these different bikes and bike parts and things like that so that you can, you know, get what you want, um, at a cheaper cost. And then knowing that you're not going to have it for very long and being able to flip it. Right. So I live in the San Antonio slash Austin area. So whenever I go to sell a bike, um, I post up, on um, Facebook and on my Instagram, but on Facebook Marketplace, like I put like a, I think it's like an 80 or 100 mile range so that people can see my ad on Facebook Marketplace, but I also belong to a bunch of those different pages, right? The Facebook pages, Buy, Sell, Trade, Enduro Bikes, uh, Trail Bikes, Buy, Sell, Page, uh, San Antonio, Buy, Sell, Trade, Page, um, Austin, you know what I mean? And, and, and everything in between because, you know, obviously the more uh, places that your bike can be seen that you're selling, the more options you're going to have to sell it. I know there's other places like OfferUp and um, there's there's another one, but I don't use those. I've had really good luck um, just using Facebook Marketplace and posting to the pages that I belong to on Facebook. It's been working out really well. Um, not exactly sure where I was where I'm, I'm leading to this, but um, I'm in the middle of selling um, another bike currently that um, I'm thinking that maybe I, I, I asked too little for. I think maybe I could have asked a little bit more money for because I seem to be getting a lot of um, a lot of interest in it, like immediately. And, 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 and like some bikes, yes, you, you will get a lot of immediate interest. But on this post, I made it a little different, meaning that whenever I posted the bike, like at the end of the post, I, I put things like, um, if you see the ad, the bike is still available. Um, just to try to keep those people from that are 
interested and are just saying, um, or maybe they are interested, but they just curious on if the bike's still available. I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't get that whole thing anyways, especially whenever you, um, respond right away. Right. So if, if they send the message that says, Hey, is, I'm interested, is this still available? You know, that's just that common, um, uh, phrase that YouTube has or YouTube that Facebook has that you can um, just click on and just send it to the person and then you respond with yes it's still available would you like to meet up or do you have any questions and then there's just dead silence just nothing no response n nothing ever comes back out of it so I this post I put if you see that the bike is the post is still up the bikes available because I just wanted to eliminate some of those and wasting my time and answering some of those and so far that has helped a ton that has helped so much I haven't gotten any of those responses and the only responses that I have gotten have been real conversations about the product that I have for sale about the bike that I have for sale so that's really cool I also put on there um, something what did I put on there I should look it up real quick um, I also put something oh I said please do not ask me for my bottom dollar make me an offer this works out best in your favor which it does if if I really want something and I want it for the price that I want it at or around and somebody's willing to negotiate well yeah we're gonna start at a lower price and hopefully we're going to meet somewhere in the middle or you can just simply say no I this is where I'm at you know if if um, so for example I'm selling the bike for fifteen hundred dollars if somebody hits me at eleven $1 hundred dollars I'm probably gonna say something like about 14 and then they're gonna start bringing their price up okay well uh, how about um, 13 and then you know then your point to like try to start you know trying to meet the common goal you know kind of meet in the middle of what you want to take or you can simply just cut it off and be like hey dude um, 14 is as low as I'll go right like that's your negotiating right so if he hits you at 11 and you say 14 guy only has $1,200 $1,250 $1,300 whatever that amount is then they can respond with hey dude um i know you said your 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 the lowest your goal is like 14 or that that's your that's your final offer or that's your bottom dollar or whatever but i only have $1300 um xyz this is why i like your bike this is why i want it you know give me some story give me a background or something maybe i'll feel soft about it and and i'll <laughs> you know maybe we can come up with something i don't know but don't don't just ask me what my what my bottom dollar is because then i feel like you're not even like you don't have any like you really not that interested in making this purchase or trying to make something work you know what I mean um, by trying to get to the bottom dollar or if you're going to ask me or if you want to have an idea of what my bottom dollar is again just offer me what you have you know if you have 1200 bucks say hey man all I got is 1200 bucks do you think we can make this work no you know the bikes worth the bikes easily worth fifteen hundred dollars or the bikes easily worth you know thirteen hundred dollars I can't meet there you know but I've had really really good luck using the um, the Facebook platform and just doing that um, I, I also had another friend of mine that knows that I wheel and deal on bikes and he simply just asked me hey bud can you help me sell a bike um, he had this bike um, I went through it real good, you know. I, I, I cleaned it up, I oiled it, I made sure uh, the brakes and the suspension and, and, and uh, indexed the gears and made sure that all that stuff was working really well. And then I posted it up for sale. And we got our asking price for it. I did have to go meet the guy in Austin, which isn't a big deal. We met at Buddha. It's like a it's like a half hour drive from my house. Really wasn't that big of a deal. Dude gave us exactly what we asked for it. I had several people offer me eleven hundred dollars, twelve hundred dollars, and in that first couple of in that first day we had a solid offer of twelve hundred dollars so I asked my friend I said hey I said it's it's an offer of twelve hundred bucks he said it'll meet me right now do you what do you think and he asked me he says, what do you think I said well I, I think we can get more for the bike he's like all right he's like then uh, then let's let's shoot for more and then um, a, just a day later a guy's like hey can can we meet can you meet me in Austin I'll pay you 16 I'll, I'll pay you the sixteen hundred dollars and uh, I mean it was a no-brainer right so met the guy sold the bike he thought it was great it looked good um guy asked me you know of course you know how i how i attained the bike so i kind of told him my story about that and how i got it and then uh my buddy gave me a 100 bucks off the deal you know what i mean like i was just i was just doing him a favor but you know we're just good like that so 
he gave me a hundred bucks. Of course, you know, I did have a little bit of gas money and stuff like that involved in it, which like I said, we're friends. Like that's, that, you know, that's what he asked me to do. So, um, now he's got a brother that's got a bike, um, that he doesn't use anymore that he wants to sell <laughs> since we had such good luck getting rid of that bike. So, uh, probably meet him, um, sometime this week or in the next few days here and get some pictures, get a hold of the bike, clean it up, you know, go through it real good. And uh, I'm sure his, you know, whatever we, whatever deal we make out of it, I'm sure, I'm sure his brother will kick me out, you know, some money uh, for helping him out selling the bike. And, um, you know, I wasn't expecting anything. I'm just trying to, I'm just helping a friend out, you know, so that's pretty cool um, that I've had good luck. So uh, personally, I'm selling uh, another bike that I have in my fleet of bikes because um, one, this bike just simply doesn't get used that much. Um, it's a, it's a hardtail. Uh, it's a great hardtail. It's a really good hardtail. Uh, it's been tough for me. I've thought about selling this bike in the past. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to keep it, you know, use it for something, X, Y, Z, whatever. And then I'd actually never really get around to it. Anyways, I did have a video that I posted on my YouTube channel about switching it from 27.5 to 29er. I really like the 29er setup on the bike. Um, although, um, you know, riding it, and not being used to full suspension, I don't know. I had I had some back pain, but I, I rode that bike pretty hard that day, and I rode two days prior, so I wasn't real fresh. But um, you know, it gave me just some, a little bit of lower back pain that I I, I I forgot that I get with that bike, um, and it's just from you know when you get tired towards the end of your ride, you're sitting down in maybe areas uh, that you shouldn't be sitting down and pedaling, like rockier um, areas that are you know a little bit more jarring to your back. Um, because I, the, the trails that I took it on were more just, you know, XC casual, like flow trails. And, um, there's certain parts towards the end of the route that I take that are, it, it's really rocky. It's uphill. It's kind of a just sit and spin, um, area. There's not really, a a good reason to like get up out of the saddle and like try to pedal through that because there's not a lot of fun to be had going through it, I guess. I don't know. Um, and you're tired and just, just simply, I was just simply tired at that point too. So anyways, I'm selling this bike because I yet again am trying to, um, find the cheapest way possible for me to get another bike in the stable so that I can build that bike up, do a review on it, and then flip that bike and sell it, you know, just start the process all over again. So the bike's that I'm currently looking at purchasing, I'm actually purchasing as a frame only. This is going to be my first, like, not my first, be my second, really, truly, um, like frame up build, but it's going to be like my first mountain bike frame up build. But I have basically everything that I need um, except for the frame, and the frame comes with the shock. Um, I probably will not buy a frame unless it comes with at least the shock and um, and a fork. I do. I will be needing a fork because what I'm looking for is a um, trail bike, a more trail friendly bike, something between 130, 150 um, rear travel, and the same for the front, somewhere between 130 and 150, 60 front travel, right? And the top of my list is <laughs> the stump jumper that jumps stumps, uh, Evo uh, Alloy. And uh, a friend of mine just got one of these, and I haven't spent a whole lot of time on it, but I really like what they've done with this bike in terms of the adjustments that you can make on it. Like the thing is just chock full of adjustments. You can adjust the bottom bracket height. You can adjust the wheel size you can make it a mullet you can adjust the head tube um from like 65.5 degrees all the way down to like 63 degrees or 63 and a half degrees like it's it's crazy the amount of adjustments this bike makes and it comes with a swap box um tube which i think is sick i, I think more bikes should start coming with that and i, I hope that um it would be cool if Santa Cruz jumped on that because I think that uh, Santa Cruz next bike should come their their new their they really need to do an update I think to the uh, Mega Tower and I think it should come with a high pivot 
and a swap box or some kind of like frame material boxing anyways i think that would be cool uh getting off subject here so um so on my short list yeah is is that bike is the the stump jumper evil alloy because it's going to be um cheap the frame with the shock is like two thousand dollars and uh everything else i actually own except for a fork and i have a little bit of stash pile of money for a fork whenever i decide to get whatever bike i need other than that i have a set of rims and tires cranks um handlebars stem seat seat posts so i have everything except um a frame so in selling this my santa cruz chameleon excuse me my hardtail that's what i'm looking at buying so besides um that so so what i need to do is i need to sorry um so what i need to do is i need to sell this bike um pocket the money so that i can buy the frame and then figure out what fork that i want and then this way um it will be like the ultimate cheap way for me to like continue to um keep these bikes in my be able to review these bikes right because you know whenever it comes down to it it's the frame and the shock, whenever you're talking about full suspension bikes, it's the frame and the shock that makes the biggest difference in bikes. Everything else is, what, how would you say, everything else is subject to change because um, once you know what a fork feels like, how it's supposed to feel, where you like it, you know, suppleness versus support, um, wheels and tires, like all that stuff. Yes, it can make difference on how a bike feels, but ultimately all of these things that you put on the bike, um, doesn't matter as much whenever you've ridden these parts on other bikes, because you know how they feel, you know how they're going to react, you know how they're going to feel whenever you put them on another bike you can be sure that the changes that you feel and how this frame feels on this bike with all these other parts that you're used to is going to be more of just how the frame just how the bike feels not so much of how it feels with this fork or how it feels with these rims or how it feels with these handlebars like all of those things are I feel what's the right word for it all of those things I feel are just um, personal preference there we go um, all the way down from you know aluminum wheel versus a carbon wheel aluminum bar versus carbon bar and if you've ridden a, a Fox 34 a Pike a 36 a lyric a zeb a 38 which i have ridden them all you know how they're going to feel no matter what and you know that you can adjust those parts on the bike so that you get the best performance out of them the thing that matters the most is going to be the frame and the rear shock and the reason the rear shock is going to feel different on the frame that you purchase because these shocks have special tunes for the frames that they're put on a lot of times if you buy just the shock to upgrade to your bike a lot of times you'll find it difficult to get that shock to maybe feel the way you expect it to feel because that shock wasn't tuned for your bike so not that it's a bad thing I just think especially until you actually know what you're looking for out of your suspension um, sticking with the stock um, the shock that the bike frame comes with on a full suspension bike is is going to be best suited for you until you actually know what you like or what you're wanting 
uh, as far as performance goes out of the shock for that bike. Anyway, so that's why I say that I wouldn't like purchase a, I wouldn't just go out and purchase a shock for this bike if it didn't already come with one because you don't know how the manufacturer, I'm sorry, you don't know how the engineers designed this bike to feel and this is why they put this um, shock tune on this shock. Yes, starting to make sense now. Anyways, so that's probably the number, like that's like the top bike on my list of bikes that I would like to get to put in my stable because um, that's what I want personally that I don't have, uh, is a, I want a, I want a, a mullet, I want a mullet bike, which I don't have, but I want a smaller 29er more geared towards trail bike than enduro bike. I have a 2019 Bronson. It's a V3 model. Absolutely love the bike. It's 27.5 front and rear. And yes, I know that you can mullet that bike, but I don't want to mullet a bike that wasn't meant to be mulleted. <laughs> I would rather purchase a bike that you could either get a rear link. If somebody made a rear link for the Bronson and said, put this link on, you can mullet your bike. It's going to feel great. Your geo is not going to be out of whack. Your steering is not going to feel floppy. I would do that. I would 100% do that. Nobody makes that for the Bronson. I know that you can get the Cascade component link, add it to the Bronson. And I know people that have put like 150 or 160 29er fork on it and put on it and they claim that it's it's the best thing they've ever done but here's the thing i haven't seen anybody do like a youtube video on how great this is and what they did and how they did it and i'm not willing because i don't have an extra 29er fork sitting around maybe i will shortly um to try to experiment that with myself um that would be a good video for somebody to put out or you know again you know I was I was talking I was talking to another friend of mine about this, off subject a little bit. I don't know when I'll come back. We'll see. Um, you know, whenever you see, you just have general conversation with people on the trails, maybe people that you've met up with in a um, group ride that you don't know that well, um, and you're just trying to strike up general conversation, and you ask them, you know, how do you like your bike? And they just go on and on and on about how great they like it and how much they love it. But the how how much can you information can you get from these people? So my next question is, after they tell me how great and how much they love their bike, is what other bike have they ridden? You know, that way I can gauge how much validity their opinions in how good this bike is and why they like it feels are is compared to what they had well if they've only ever had one other bike and it was a hardtail then yeah i can see why your bike feels so much better even if they've had a hardtail and maybe they went to like a short travel cross-country bike and now we're talking about enduro slash trail bikes like you want to know that these the people that you're getting your information from has some experience right otherwise you, you can only take what they say with the grain of salt you know what I mean you can't really you got to be careful on who you ask and, and the questions that you ask to know if you're actually getting a good response from what they like about their bike or what they like about this bike or that bike. And that's where I want to be. You know what I mean? I want, I want to, I want to be in, in the, in the category of, you know, Oh, ask Rudy. He's had this kind of bike or ask Rudy, see what he thinks. 
and I already do. I have plenty of friends that, that send me pictures. You know, they're looking for used bikes and they're or this and that or whatever. And they'll ask me my opinion on what I think about the bike. You know what I mean? And again, like there's questions to be asked. You have to, <laughs> you know, I asked them, okay, well, you know, let's, you know, a friend of mine, um, currently, um, he's a motorcycle, uh, an enduro motorcycle racer. He races, um, professionally and, uh, he's kind of getting into mountain biking and he's, he's got this really old Moto B cane. It's a 27, five plus bike. Um, it's really heavy. It's, it's, it's old. I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's probably like 2000, um, 2016 or 17. And, uh, he's put some better tires on it, some better rims on it, but it's still got like the old quick through axles. It's only like hundred mil, um, hundred millimeter fork in the front. You know what I mean? So I'm asking him these questions, right? I said, okay, what, uh, what kind of, oh, so he sends me this bike. Let me, let me, okay. So let me, he sends me this bike. It's a polygon, like Siskiyou seven, I think is what it was. And it's, and this guy rides. <laughs> I should get back to this too. This guy rides. And this polygon's only like 120 millimeter rear travel, 120 millimeter front travel. It's a full suspension bike, but it's still got the quick through release axles. And it's only boost 110 front, not, not, it's like 142 rear or something like that with the quick throughs or with the uh, quick release. And I'm telling them, I'm like, you know, no, you don't want this bike because this bike isn't much better than the one that you have. And it's actually got less travel than the one that he has, than he currently has now. Um, and I just know that he's going to be happy with it for about two weeks because it's a new bike. He just bought it. He spent all of his, you know, he spent his money on it or whatever. And, but the way that this guy rides already, like he's already outgrown that bike before he purchased it. He's outgrown that bike. Right. So I told him, I said, look, dude, this, this is the things that you need for, for you and the way that you ride and what you want to ride. He's not going to be traveling a whole lot with the bike. So I told him, I says, you need it doesn't matter if it's a 27.5 plus or a 29er, but you need one of those, one of those two, or a mullet. You need to make sure that the bike is boost front and rear. You need to have no less than 100 millimeter, 130 millimeters of travel front and rear. So if it's got 130 millimeters of travel in the rear and 150, great. If it's 130 in the rear, and 140 uh, in the front, great. If it's 130, 130, great. You need no less because the way that this guy rides and the and the way that he wants to ride, um, inside of Texas, inside I'm sorry, inside of San Antonio, um, anything around this area. I mean, you can take a 130 mil bike to uh, Spider Mountain and have an absolute blast. And it's going to do everything. It's just not going to do everything as fast as a bigger travel bike is. Anyways. So I'm giving him all these things that he needs to write down so that he, whenever he goes looking for a bike that's in his price range, he can mark these off and be like, okay, he says it needs this, it has this, but it doesn't have that. It has this, but it doesn't have that, right? So these, these things um, I told him that he needs to make sure that the bike has before he makes a purchase. Also, this way he doesn't just keep sending me because before that he was sending me like bike after bike after bike. Like, what about this bike? What about this bike? What about that bike? Right. So now, now he's got a, a checklist of things that he can go through before, <laughs> before um, sending me these these bikes. So now, whenever he sends me a bike, and let's say it's a, a 2017 model bike, but it has uh, through axles front and rear. It's got boost front and rear. Um, you know, it's got a one by drivetrain. Maybe it's an 11 speed or maybe it's a 12 speed. You know what I mean? Then we can, then I can look at, see what, what the bike has. And, and if it's just worth the money, if it's at this point, then it would be just, if this bike is worth the money or where I think he should be able to, um, purchase the bike at, like maybe the guy's like me and he has it for $1,500, but the bike's really worth like 1200 bucks or something like that. If he'd be willing to take 12, right. Or seeing where he's at. Anyways, I don't remember how I got on this subject, but 
I'm still looking for another bike so that I can build it, so that I can continue doing um, my review videos, right? The This weekend I am working on my Norco, um, putting together the review video, and basically basically all I need for that is just some, uh, some third-person shots. I don't have any third-person shots of me riding this bike that way. It'll make the video a little bit more exciting. I'm going to Spider Mountain, and I know a friend of mine that's going to be there that does a lot of... Um, uh, video creating and uh, um, he takes pretty good videos so I'm hoping that I can get with him and get these uh, get these videos uh, so that I can use them in my review video about my Norco because that bike is absolutely insane the things that that bike can go through um, but that bike doesn't necessarily make a good trail bike. It's a good race bike. It's a good park bike, but it's not one that if you're going to be doing a lot of, um, it's a good shuttle bike. It's not one of those bikes that's going to be a great mix on mixed trails, right? Like this bike either needs like some serious downhill, chunky, gnarly, steep, um, to make it feel and come alive otherwise you're going to be if you don't have that kind of terrain and you're just on like single track flow um, single track flow with a lot of pedaling um, you're not going to have as much fun because no matter how good of a pedal you are without the steepness and the gravity to help pull that bike around um, down it's just not the right bike for that kind of riding and thus, this is why I want a um, a little bit shorter travel bike, 29er, because I really, I really, really liked these these short travel 29ers, and I really, really like that I can mullet that um, that uh, Evo, the specialized stump jumper Evo or I can run it on the full 29er. So I'm really stoked about trying that out. And if there's, there's not really another bike out there that I can get affordably that I can mullet. And I think that's probably why that's like on the top of my short list of bikes. Because if I don't like it in the mullet and I just want to continue to use it as a trail bike, leaving it as a full 29er is probably going to be the best of both worlds. Um, I, I'm just, I just want to try it out for myself, you know, and it's weird because looking at reviews, other reviews that people's done on this particular model, nobody has actually done, excuse me, have actually done the review set up in the mullet. Now, the biggest thing, the hottest thing, not the biggest thing. Okay, so... The Bronson, right back to the Bronson, they just released their new version four of the, and it and it's it comes as a mullet, and I I would love 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 to ride that bike. I think that would probably that that would be the answer to my like my one quiver bike. I guess I don't know. I've never ridden one yet, so I I can't I can't say that. I have no idea what it's like to ride a mullet bike yet, guys. So that's where we're at. I need to get my hands on a mullet bike so that I can do this. what else let's see what else did i have on the agenda that i wanted to visit with you guys about where are we at here um oh so what's your okay so if you're if you guys are anything like me and you have more than one bike um what bike is it that you ride the most right and for me right okay so I have the hardtail that's getting sold. It gets ridden very little. I have the Norco that gets ridden um, at Spider Mountain usually three or four times a month. Um, I've ridden it in a race twice since I've had it. I don't ride it on trails because it's ridden, it's just not a great trail bike. 
there's anything that's inside of San Antonio for that bike um, isn't enough. It's just lugging around this this big old heavy bike <laughs> that 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 is too big for any of the trails, any of the stuff that's really inside of San Antonio. So my Bronson, my Bronson gets ridden inside of San Antonio three, at least three days a week. I'm going to say two or three days a week inside of San Antonio, that bike gets ridden a week. And um, last month, uh, Reveille Peak, I was at Reveille Peak every Sunday. And that's the bike that I rode. So my Norco, my Norco basically hasn't been ridden for like five weeks, six weeks. It's just been sitting there looking pretty. I washed it and just just sits there looking pretty. But we're going to Spider Mountain tomorrow, Saturday. We're going to Spider Mountain tomorrow. So I'm pretty stoked about that, taking the Norco with. And then I have my Dirt Jumper. My my Dirt Jumper that I just built up basically from the frame up um, using a mix of parts that I had from another Dirt Jumper and some new parts that I per some new parts that I purchased. Um and it's hard to say between my dirt jumper and my Bronson um, which one gets ridden the most. Last weekend, for example, uh, I had my dirt jumper at the pump track for like, seriously, for like five hours on Saturday and like another four hours on Sunday. And, um, I love that bike. I have so, so much fun on that bike. And, you know, I'm starting to learn tricks. I'm really starting to get the tables down. Um, I'm building confidence in the bike itself because, like I said, it is kind of a fresh build. So it's not like riding a dirt jumper is not new to me, but riding this dirt jumper is a little new to me. The rear end, the one that I had before is a large. This one's a medium. So it's, it is a bit snappier. I should have gotten a medium to begin with. Um, and that's why I ended up with the, the one that I have now. Um, but this thing is, uh, this thing's pretty tricked out now. I got, uh, different wheels, different tires, different fork, <laughs> um, same handlebars, um, same cranks, different frame. But like I said, like, I think, I think my dirt jumper is a bike that gets ridden the most because at this this where I'm at here, I can go to this park, McAllister Park, in San Antonio, and they have good trails. They're just they're just kind of dull and boring for the most part, um, because they're just it's just more flow XC stuff. There's not really like a lot of rough terrain, and if you want to have fun, like you really gotta, you really gotta keep your your gas on the pedal. You really gotta, you really gotta be pedaling some sections to um to have a good time. And speaking of that, I'm gonna try to visit with you guys about that a little bit. Anyways, so this park, right? So it's got it's got decent trails. Like put in some good exercise, put in some good, you know, I put in uh, the last ride that I went in. I actually had a blast. Like I said, I'll visit with you about that more. But you know, for example. Um, we ran 11 miles in 11, yeah, we ran 11 miles at 11 miles an hour. I mean, we were booking, we were flying through that place. It was awesome. It was a good ride. It was a really good ride. But that same park also has the pump track. So I can have the dirt jumper in the back of the truck and I can also take a trail bike with me. And this last ride, that's exactly what I did. Um, my friend Graham, he's like, Hey, let's, let's just do a ride at Mac. You know, I haven't ridden my dirt jumper. This is him talking. I haven't ridden my dirt jumper in a while. Let's go hit the pump track and then we'll, we'll ride some trails. I'm like, yeah, dude, that sounds, that sounds great. We get out there and, uh, we're on the pump track for maybe half an hour, maybe 20 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour. And, uh, just like always, you know, about that time, uh, it's like, uh, 
uh, almost five o'clock, like four forty-five, five o'clock, it starts getting filled up with, you know, little kids, and um, you know, he just can't really haul ass or do the jumps, and um, you know, you you don't want to be rude and and make the kids wait or try to explain to them, you know, hey, watch out for me, I'm gonna hit this jump, you know, kid, whatever. So uh, it gets filled up. And uh, Graham's like, why don't we just, why don't we just go ride trails? And I'm like, all right. I really, I really didn't want to go ride trails that day because I had ridden every day up to that point. I had ridden like five days in a row. And honestly, I was just sore and <laughs> tired. <laughs> I just love riding bikes. I just ride myself ragged. And uh, anyways, before I went, I took a pre-workout. Which I don't always do, but since we were going to go for this ride and I was already feeling sluggish, um, I figured it would be a good time to, you know, take a pre-workout. Um, and I haven't mentioned this yet. I've been working on, you know, trying to eat better and uh, ride my bike more, or not ride my bike so much more. Ride my bike harder, right? Ride it with some, ride it with some enthusiasm. And. Uh, if that didn't, that, that's exactly what happened. Um, I got on my bike. We did, we were doing our normal trails and we had, we had another friend of ours. Um, he's not new to biking, but he's kind of new to mountain biking. And, uh, you know, he said his endurance isn't there. He knows. And he's like, Hey guys, if you leave me, leave me, you know, just, uh, I'll be fine. I know where I'm going, you know, whatever. Great. Graham's, Graham's as fast as I am for the most part, especially at Mac. Um, so boom, you know, he's like, I'll follow you guys. We get on the trails and, uh, I don't know. Uh, I just, I just started going and like a switch went off and I was going, I was just flying. Like I just, I felt really good. I had good energy. Um, the trails it had rained, um, late last week. And the trails weren't dry and dusty. They weren't tacky either. I mean, they were just like primo. They were just like really, really good, right? Like everything was just sticking. You're hooking up. Um, anyways, my thing is 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 endurance. You know, um, I know that I ride my bike a lot, but I don't always like probably push myself as hard as I could to try to continue to help build up that stamina. I just ride a lot. Um. But with that pre-workout, like, I was feeling good. I was feeling really, really good. And for whatever reason, like, even even though I've ridden these trails, you know, a hundred times, um, the same route probably a hundred times, um, it just felt really, really good. I was just hauling ass. Um, I was skipping and bumping off the, the little roots that I could. Um, I was starting off, you know, like pedal to the metal, like, like, you know, you know, we take breaks, you know, there's, there's certain sections where we, we tend to take breaks, you know, cause it's a long pedally section or, um, you know, it's just a, a place, a good place to like stop and, and take a good stretch. Um, Anyways, I passed up two of those places <laughs> because I was just, excuse me, because I was just feeling so good, you know, on the ride. So skip that, skip the second one. And, uh, we stopped and, um, you know, Graham was like, damn dude, you're fucking flying today. I'm like, yeah, I feel good. And, uh, we stretched and kind of talked for a second and then, uh, you know, got ready to go. And, uh, you know, so leaving that spot you know, just dropping gears, boom, 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 and just pedaling in into the next section just as hard as I could just so I can kind of keep my flow, you know, keep my, keep my, uh, yeah, keep my flow. And which is the, which is the best, right? Like if you're on, um, flowy slash XC trails and there's not like a lot of, a lot of jumps or things to make the trail exciting, the faster you go, the more fun you have just from the speed, right? Even though it takes more effort because of the type of trails there are, um, you can make it fun by trying to, you know, keep your flow, keep your pedals going. And uh, I guess that's just something that I hadn't normally done. 
um, because the trails were just kind of have been monotonous and kind of boring, you know, doing those. But I, maybe it was the, the pre-workout that gave me the energy, the, the, the boost that I needed, but I just, I just had a really, really good ride. But the reason I really enjoy going to this place is, is for that. You know what I mean? I can take my dirt jumper. I can ride the shit out of the pump track. Or if I have some friends that are riding trails that I see there, you know, I can just, I can go ride trails. But I tell you what, the situation where that happens isn't very often. And more so, I just end up staying at the pump track which I'm totally fine with. I'm totally fine with like, I, cause I just love riding that bike. I love riding the pump track and I love riding my dirt jumper. And, um, if you guys don't already know, like all the skills that you get from riding the pump track, like transfer over to riding trails. Like whenever you see like little parts on the trail that you can, that you can pump, you pump and then you go pedaling out of them and you just have this, this burst of energy. So, um, it's great practice for that. Uh, the ones that we have here have a couple of really nice, like Burmy turns. And, um, like those are really fun to like go into and hit it like mock chicken, like really fast and keep your speed and then hump in the next one. And then there's a couple of transitions that you can, you can boost and jump over. Like it's just a lot of fun. So I think that my most, <laughs> I think that my most ridden bike is the, the, the dirt jumper right now. Like that's what I, that's what I enjoy riding. And see, I think that the other thing too about the trails, I'm riding, I'm riding 90% of the trails, 95% of the trails on my Bronson. I love the bike. Bikes, bikes probably the best, especially at the time, probably the best all rounder bike that you could buy. Seriously. Um, and I've done some things to, you know, keep that relationship alive. Like, um, I took the Zeb off of it and I put the 36 on it. I took the original, um, I, I took the original linkage and put it back on the bike and took my cascade component off. Um, which I think I'm going to do a refresher video actually i know i'm going to do a refresher video on that cascade component link because i think that possibly um i may have gotten the link a little too early in owning this bike um but who, who knows you know I'm, I'm still i'm still in the middle of investigating and reviewing the the bike in its current state. So I went and I put the original link back on and it's got two settings on it. It's got a high and a low. And I had never really ridden the bike in the high position. I really like riding the bike in the high position um, a lot. But I tell you what, this last ride that I had, it was in the low position and um, it was the most fun that I've had riding that bike. So um, God, that's hard to sit. That's hard to sell now. And then, so then I'm going to have to put the, so I, I read it, I wrote it in the, the high link position for, I don't know, probably a month worth of riding. Right. And then now I've had it in the low position and I've ridden it for like two or three weeks. Yeah. But this for sure has been the best ride that I've had on it. I had a lot of fun. Anyways, so I think that maybe, 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 maybe I might have gotten that um, Cascade Component Link just a little too early, and I should have given the bike in its current setup a better chance. And ultimately, that's why I went back. Actually, I went back because I was taking the Zeb off of it because I had this big bike, this big park bike that is going to do anything and everything that I want it to do. Um, and I didn't need my Bronson to be such a bruiser. I needed to be more of a trail bike. So I took the Zeb off, um, to lessen the weight. And I, um, took the link off to make the travel a little bit shorter. Um, so 
Yeah, so I'm in the middle of doing that too, actually. That's a really good experiment. But those are those those for sure have been my most ridden bikes in the past two months. Up to that point, it was the Norco. Like it was just so fresh and so new, and like I was still adding stuff to the Norco and getting used to it. And um, the way that that bike is set up now, like it is, <laughs> it is a beast like that bike is badass not only that but i put some custom paint on it too so it looks it looks pretty it looks pretty sick too so um i don't i i i probably won't move off of the norco it's a 2022 norco i probably won't move off the norco until the 2023 model bike starts showing up or well here's the other thing so there's like cascade components you know they make these 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 different links for your bikes if you don't know check them out cascadecomponents.com this this uh this guy williams racing products found him through some other friends um just finished making a mullet link for the bike where you can you can choose to up the travel on the rear of the bike and you can put a 27.5 wheel on it and it keeps its geometry the same. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, you know, it keeps the bottom bracket too the same, which is good because the, the bottom bracket on that bike. I haven't got any pedal strikes, not like I used to get with my Bronson before I went to 175. Or before I went to one seven, from 175 to 170 uh, millimeter crank arms. Um, nothing like that. At all, the bike actually sits pretty high in its travel for being a coiled bike. But um, if it drops it from being a smaller tire, that's it's got to drop a little bit, right? From being a smaller tire, I don't know. I have to look into that more. But uh, I definitely won't get rid or move off of the Norco until I've had a chance to ride it with the Mullet Link. And I've had a chance to put a dual crown fork on it because you can do it. And if you can do it, it needs to be done. That's how I feel about that. And that's actually, <laughs> so that's actually one of the things that um, I could do versus getting a new frame for the bike. I could get, I could spend the money that I was going to spend on a new frame, right? Like two G's and get a dual crown fork and front wheel for about the same price <laughs> for about the same price as um, getting a new frame for to have another bike but um, I want I want a new trail bike and I think it's time for me to move away from the Bronson but the only way I'm gonna do that is if I have a really nice good trail bike like for trails for trail riding not just downhill smashing bomber stuff i think that that's what the plan is right i think i don't know it's it's hard for me to say that it's hard for me to to even think about moving off the bronson because in any situation i can get on that bike and just feel totally confident um hitting new features on that bike like I know exactly how that bike is going to feel um, I can look at a drop or a jump or whatever and know without a doubt like where I'm gonna need my speed to be on that bike um, what position I'm what position I'm gonna need to be on the bike like like the confident level of you know of that bike for me is just so high like there's nothing that I won't ride on my Bronson yet there there hasn't been anything um, and having that bike and knowing you know how that bike feels just gives me the confidence so you know there's uh, I don't know if you guys follow my YouTube channel or not it's MTB and Rudy check me out on YouTube but I had a, a little video where I did this this whale tail for the first time like that's the only bike that I'm doing that 
feature on. Seriously, that's the only bike I'm doing that feature on. And it's because I've ridden that bike for so long and I know how it feels, I know how it reacts, and, and I have the confidence in it. On any other bike, including my dirt jumper, that's probably more so built for doing that 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 particular jump. Um, no no other bike would I have the confidence in doing that feature on. And there's been throughout my my biking ventures, there's been a you know quite a few of these features that I've come across that I there's no way I would have done it for on my hardtail. Um, even my Norco, even like I like like that bike's purposefully built for going downhill as fast as possible. It's not a downhill rig, but it's an enduro rig, and it's made to go down the steepest, roughest stuff that you can throw at it. It's not really made as a um, a high flyer. It's just not. It will. It will. It, I mean, I can send jumps. I can send any of the jumps at Spider on that bike as comfortably as any other bike that I've ever been on. But when it comes to doing like features and um, unknowing drops and things like that, I definitely feel a hundred percent more comfortable and confident on on my Bronson, like for sure, without a doubt. So it's hard for me to think about moving off of the Bronson. For anything and I've often thought what if what if something were to happen to the Bronson and it it the, the frame cracked and I had to make a claim on it um, I don't think they have I don't think they have frames for this bike any longer and if I were to crack it I'm willing to put money on it that they would send me a the new model. They'd send me a, a version four, which I don't know how that would work because the version four, like I had mentioned before, is a uh, a mullet. So yeah, I have a twenty-seven-five wheel, and I have everything else that I need to put on the bike except for a twenty-nine-er fork and a twenty-nine-er front wheel. Actually, I do have a twenty-nine-er front wheel. So I have a 29 fork. So I wonder how that would work. Curious. Well, either way, I hope I hope nothing happens to the bike before I have a chance to sell it. But um, I've definitely gotten all the use <laughs> out of this bike that I could. Like I've done everything on this bike, and I think that's you know so that so then there's like personal. Um, personal reasons why I just don't want to get rid of the bike. You know, I mean, it was, it was it, the Bronson was my first full suspension bike. Um, it was my first of a lot of different things. Whenever you talk about bikes in general, so um, I don't know if the time comes if I can if I can move off of it. But there is going to be right. There is going to be a time where the bike's going to be worth the most amount of money. And then from then on, it's just going to be devaluating, devaluing, right? And then it's going to hit a plateau where no matter, because of how old the bike is, like it's only going to be worth this much, this amount of money. And I see, I see old Bronsons, um, the, the version two Bronsons, I see a bunch of those for sale. And they're still asking like, you know, like thirty-two, thirty-seven hundred dollars. You know, and they're like CC frames. You know, XL one builds or whatever. And I think to myself, like I would, like unless you were back then, and you know how those bikes feel, or you were in the, you were in the world of mountain biking at that point. I don't think that I could go back, and purchase an older model. And I think that's, like where I'm at now. Like I'm only one gen back. I'm only months back from the new generation Bronson, right? That everybody seems to be, you know, getting. If I end up two generations back before I sell this bike, 
Like it's not going, like it's going to be really, really hard to sell. And I'm not going to get any money out of it. So maybe I should really consider selling it sooner rather than later. Especially if I'm going to continue trying to do, ride a bunch of different bikes, right? Like, like we're talking. Huh. Just coming to a realization. Anyways, uh, where are we at here? What time? Just at an hour. So I'm going to cut it off there, guys. Appreciate you listening. If you're watching my YouTube channel, appreciate you guys watching. If you guys uh, get a chance, um, give me a thumbs up, like, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, you should be able to find this uh, podcast on all major platforms. Until then, guys, peace out. Go ride your bike.